What is going on, everyone? Um, I wanted to make a sequel to, I guess, probably one of the most uh, popular podcast, video podcasts that I've made in a little bit. Uh, the last one about success equals ingrained intolerance. I had more people reach out to me individually after that one than I think I've had in a long time. And so um, I think I touched a little bit of a vein there. And so I wanted to do a little bit of a follow-up. Um, but instead of having the topic be how to be on the defensive, which is sort of what the last one was about, kind of like basically controlling your space, both, you know, like physically and mentally and making sure that no one that's in there um, speaks over you, puts things on you that are, are not what you want. This one is about how to use that same concept on the offensive, how to manipulate others into creating the environment that, uh, that you want. And uh, I want to tell three very short stories um, that should illustrate the concept. And um, just a quick thing before I get into it, the difference between manipulation and help is intention. If you are manipulating someone, um, and I purposely use a negative thing because it's more uh, salient as a headline, but uh, <laughs> manipulating is, is, is where you want someone, you're trying to get someone to do something that has a negative outcome for them. Whereas helping them is getting someone to do something that has a positive outcome for them, right? Sales and helping should be the same thing, right? Now, now that we've made that definition clear, there's a story, it's a Middle Eastern parable, so maybe um, some of the Americans in the crowd haven't heard of it, um, but there was a mullah named Mullah Nasruddin, and he's kind of like the jokester that a lot of the, um, the like children's parables are about. And uh, one of them was Mullah Nasruddin goes to a, a restaurant, right? And uh, he goes there, and he gets horrible service, right? And, he's, and he's, he's not dressed very well, he's just dressed in plain clothes, and the guy just totally dismisses him and treats him horribly, he's late, he's rude, all that kind of stuff, right? And so then the guy, so then he leaves a huge tip for the guy, right? And uh, he comes back like two or three days later. And the same guy is at the restaurant, the same waiter, right? And he greets him at the door. But this time, he greets him with a huge smile. And he's like, oh, my gosh. Um, like, like, how is it going, sir? How, let me seat you to your table, blah, 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 right? And so he gives him five-star outstanding service, right? And then at the very end of this meal, he gives him, like, a terrible tip, right? And the guy finds him after the meal and is like, hey, what the heck, man? Like, I gave you horrible service the first time and you gave me an, a, a huge double, you know, double the bill tip and today you, you gave me nothing. Like, how does it even make, that makes no sense. Like, what's wrong with you? And uh, Mullah Dastrini is like, well, um, I tipped you this time for the service I got last time and last time I gave you the tip for the service you gave today. And so I think that is a really good illustration of the concept of um, how I like to use uh, labeling as a great way of manipulating positive behavior. It's also a really ninja way of getting people to do things from a selling perspective. Um, if you want to talk like more advanced influence, um, this is definitely it. So one of the ways that I use this, um, and basically what it is, is when I say labeling is, you give someone a positive attribute that you want them to live up to by giving it as an affirmative compliment that as though they have already done it, right? So an example was when I um, assumed being treasurer um, in my little fraternity back in the day, I know. Um, but, you know, we st I still had $120,000 every semester that I had to go collect. I literally had to go get these, my buddies, to give the money that they said they were going to pay, right? Like there was, like, I, there was some suaveness that was kind of required. And um, Nick Nash was one of the guys who would never, or at least was renowned for not paying, right? And I had, I, I liked Nick, but he had a reputation for not having paid the last few treasurers and the guy before me was like he'll never pay like don't even bother with him blah 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 right and you're kind of calling him names and all this stuff right and so um i was like well hounding him and calling him negative names is probably not going to work since that's what everyone else has done up to this point 
And so as soon as I became treasurer, um, I called him up and I was like, hey, hey man, just want to let you know, I, um, I'm treasurer now and I know that you owe dues and, and I am not going to bother you at all about it because I know that you're a trustworthy guy and you're honest. And so I'm not going to follow up with you. I know you're good for it. The next day, he showed up at my room with the entire amount for the whole semester paid in full up front because he had a positive label that he did not want to break, right? So when someone says, wow, you're so great at this, right? You don't want to not make that true. And so then you act in accordance with the positive label that someone gave you, right? Now, here's how you can use this in business. So um, I tend to have very good vendor relationships. Um, and what I mean by that is that like the people who help us, who you know help us develop things, whether that's on the tech side or whether that's we're sourcing materials or whatever it is, right? Um, we have really good relationships with them. And it's because one of the things that I do early on in the relationship is I set a precedent. And so as soon as they, I mean, let's say they hop on, on the phone on time, right? I'll, I will go above and beyond in our first few calls saying, you know what I really appreciate about you guys? I just want to say this, like you guys are so timely, you're so professional um, and you're just buttoned up. Like you just, everything's dialed in with you guys. And I just can't tell you how many times We've gone to people and they haven't had that. So I just want to let you know that I super appreciate it. Um, just the level of dedication, the work ethic, your turnaround time has been phenomenal. Like you guys are super responsive. And um, I just I just want you to know that I really appreciate it. Like it goes a long way to show how great of a company you are and how good you are what you do. And when I set that tone, what happens is everyone all of a sudden becomes really professional, really on top of it, great turnaround times. They're on top, they're buttoned up, they always get everything back to us before the deadline. And then what happens is you get this flywheel, you get this virtuous cycle of, I keep praising them. I praised them before they did the activity, just like Mullah Nasruddin tipped before he got the good service and then got the good service, right? It's the same thing. And it's just interesting because like, it almost works the same thing, the same way within value ladders, right? Like. If I want to sell someone something that's really expensive, I need to create a value discrepancy early on in the relationship so that when I sell you a $16,000 thing like gym launch, it delivers 20 times the value so that when I say, hey, do you want the next thing? You say, of course, right? Because the value was so high, the discrepancy was already there. I already reinforced the first transaction. So um, what's really interesting about labeling, right, is that it works even if you know it's happening to you. So even if, Layla decides to say, Alex, you're just, you know, you're just, I love how clean you are. <laughs> she probably wouldn't say that. I wouldn't believe her. But like, but like yeah, I mean, what you have to say can't be like crazy unrealistic. You know what I mean? But like, if you're like one or two shades away from what you're trying to, or the person is one or two shades away from the activity, or just did something that could be indicative of a character trait that is positive, you can label them with it. And then they will want, because think about it. Even so, if Layla said, you know, Alex, you're I'm trying to think of a positive attributes you give me. You're so complimentary. You know, I just really appreciate how much you compliment me. I'm not going to try and prove her wrong and stop complimenting her, right? Like, even if I know what she's doing, I'm still going to want to fulfill that. If there's just like this little child inside of all of us that wants to fulfill the things that people speak over us, which is why you have to be so mindful of the things that people do speak over you and to make sure that those things are serving you are aligned with the identity that you want to have, right? But you can use that as a good person and give people positive attributes that they can live up to that then improve your relationship with them and their ability to serve you, right? From like a vendor standpoint, et cetera, right? Like if they serve us well, we're gonna to continue to do business with them. It's good for both of us, right? Now. 
here's something that I'm going to speak out against that um, I probably would have brought up in the last one that was in my notes that I didn't get a chance to bring up because I was just flowing doing my thing. Hey, if you're a return listener and you have not rated or reviewed the show, I want you to know that you should feel absolutely terrible about yourself and everything else in the world. I'm kidding. Um, but it would mean the absolute world to me if you guys would go ahead and do that. You don't even have to pause the show. You can keep listening and you can just do it with your thumb right now. It'll take you less than 60 seconds. And like I said, the only way that podcast grows through word of mouth and this is you joining hands with me and helping as many entrepreneurs as we possibly can because no one is coming to save us. It's just us. All right. So please go do that now and let's get back to the show. was one of the reasons that I'm not for AA. And now I know that there's probably a lot of people who've had a lot of positive experience with it, and that's phenomenal. And I'm not in any way decrying that. Um, I'm, not, I'm not going against that in any way. I, I will not discount the, the success that the program's had for a lot of people. That being said, one of the things that I do not like is that the daily affirmation that they begin every single meeting with is, hi, my name is so-and-so, and I'm an addict. Or, hi, my name's so-and-so, I'm an alcoholic. I don't even like saying it. Like it literally bothers me as I'm saying it, even though I'm using it as an example. And so they insist that people speak over themselves over and over and over again, that they marry themselves to this identity that they no longer want to have. Right. And so it, I think it just further perpetuates this issue, this issue of addiction, because we keep telling ourselves that we're addicted to this thing rather than eventually dealing with all the other things that are the main root of the, the thing that we're trying to shove down, right? Because if like you're addicted to a substance, it's usually because it's covering up something or allowing you to be aware in the moment because it can cover up all of the noise in your life, right? Because if you have stress at work, stress with your family, stress with your kids, stress with your parents, stress with your wife, whatever it is, right? It's easier to just drink something and in the moment immediately be there because you can wash away that noise, right? And the issue is that when you stop doing it, life gets loud and noisy and you didn't develop the capabilities to go deal with those issues, right? And the longer you stay addicted, and I'm using quotes here, the more difficult it is because the more skills that you need to acquire um, because the more of those issues have stacked up. So it's like you're even weaker because the longer you stay addicted and the louder your life has stacked up with all these issues as time goes by, which is why it's so hard for a lot of people, right, to to get off. And so, but the thing is, at the end of the day, you still, you need to, like, I mean, it's just like, that's the fact is you need to. And the way you do it is by confronting each of these micro things and going successively bigger and bigger and bigger problems so that you can gain momentum from them. So that you can re-access the attention and the willpower to be able to break through those one at a time. And in my opinion, starting every day by saying, hey, I am an addict is not a good way to do it because then you couple yourself with that identity, you chain yourself to it. And so I would love it if they started by saying like, I'm a champion, you know what I mean? Or whatever, like whatever you want to speak of yourself, like, and I will, and I will overcome and I will be able to handle, I'm, you know what I mean? Like that would be not that I'm the AI expert. So I'm sure that I'll catch some flack for saying this, but this is just my opinion in terms of the things that have helped me break through some of the issues that I've had. Now, the last point that I wanted to um, talk on was something that someone commented on. I think it was um, Dathan was talking about ADD, right? Now it's super common for entrepreneurs to be diagnosed, right, with ADD. You can even name it, attention deficit disorder, right? It's a disorder. They're already giving you something that's bad. And what's interesting is that your perception of what ADD means to you, right, will, will dictate whether it's a positive thing in your life or a negative one. And so the example that I wanted to give was that my mother is um, diagnosed, you know, with ADD, and it was something that was 
super traumatic for her. Like it was extremely traumatic emotionally for her. Um, it's probably 15, maybe 20 years ago, I think she was diagnosed, right? And obviously we've learned a lot since then, blah, 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 right? But in, the, in that time, it was crippling for her, for her identity, because she now had this disorder, right? And, um, and she gave all of her power over to it, 100%. And it's one, of the, it's one of the lasting strifes that we have in our relationship, is that I'm like, you continue to give power to this thing that you've named, right? I am ADD as hell, right? And so are a lot of you guys, because you're entrepreneurs, right? And even just using the term, it's like, it's not even, it doesn't even have the negative connotation sometimes in our sphere as entrepreneurs, as it does in the normal world. Because for us, like ADD also, if you didn't know this, has the flip side, if you read up on it, periods of hyper elevated attention for extended periods of time. Like most people can only focus for 45 minute periods and then they have to take a break, right? Whereas people who have this disorder can concentrate all, like without relenting for 10, 12, 15 straight hours at a time, and sometimes weeks at a time, meaning you, ha- you don't need as much sleep for some extended periods of time because you're so focused on something that has stimulated your attention, right? And so to me, that doesn't sound like a disorder at all. That sounds like a superpower. And so I never saw it as a disorder. Right? I saw it as a superpower. I saw it not as crippling, but something that is a name like something that gave me an edge on my competition on anyone who else, else who wanted to compete in our world. Right? But my mother, on the flip side, saw it as a, debil- a debilitating, crippling disease. And her life has never been the same since. And this is something that she and I will talk endlessly about. And that she, it, has, it, cripp- it has crippled her. And I will say this, she knows, she listens to my podcast, it has crippled her when it really doesn't need to have, because it is purely how you choose to identify that label for yourself. I mean, and furthermore, if you didn't want to even call it attention deficit disorder, right, and just call it a personality trait, like I am someone who tends to be more creative, and so I can jump from thought to thought a little bit more quickly, which allows me to connect dots a little bit more out of the box than most people can, which allows us to innovate at a faster rate, right? And then when we catch on to an innovation or two dots that connect together, then we go all in and we take 10, 15, you know, straight hours just crushing it. And then maybe that means a few weeks at a time where like, I just can't think of anything but this one thing that I want to get done, right? I'm sure some of you guys have experienced hyper elevated attention, right? And it's an entrepreneurial trait. It's a good thing, right? Or at least as I see it. But all because of the connotation that she put on the label that she was given because she did not control her space. The way we talked about in the last one, she didn't control her surroundings and the labels that were put on her, she became a victim to it. And so um, I guess to wrap up <laughs> today in a little bow, in Great Intolerance Part 2, How to Manipulate Your Environment to Suit You, um, one, beware of labeling when it's being used against you, when it's being used in ways that do not serve you. Two, use labeling in a way that does not manipulate people but helps them, right? It helps them help you so you can teach them how to treat you by giving them a positive label that's in alignment with how you want to be treated, right? And you'll have really, really good relations with your vendors, better relations with your kids, better relations with your spouse, because you continue to applaud them to success. You continue to compliment them all the way until the new behavior is changed, as long as it's in alignment with what they want and what you guys want, et cetera, right? And um, the last one is just, um, if any of you guys do have ADD, think about what that means to you. And um, I wouldn't even, 
I would just call it entrepreneur <laughs> personality type, not EDD. Um, but think about if there's ever been a time where it, it has had a negative connotation for you. And then think about the times that it has given you a superpower that has enabled you to do things that no one else can do. And then I would, I would ask you or beseech you to consider thinking of it as a superpower instead of something that's crippling. And then maybe, just maybe, the way that you see yourself and how much you can do and what gifts you've been given um, will change. So anyways, you guys are awesome. Thank you for giving me a little bit of attention. But anyways, lots of love and um, we'll chase your dreams. Ah. Uh -huh.